0: stretch for nba podcast with your host dan titus and nba fantasy experts alex burns zach hanshu and adam Kaufler. what up what up nba fans dan titus here with the stretch for nba podcast recording our 20th episode man this is awesome guys i'm joined by my co-host adam Kaufler and zach hanshu what's up fellas how you doing this weekend? We're recording on Sunday, but just want to get your feels for the week, NBA, in general. How you guys doing?
1: What's up, man? Doing great.
2: Feeling fantastic, man. Just uh, watching these games, uh,
0: soaking it all up. Can't wait for the uh, Sixers to take down the Hawks. Did you guys think that we'd make it to 20 episodes? I mean, this started out as like, what, an idea of a Slack channel from, from Zach to say like, hey guys, we should uh, get on the mic and talk some hoops. Here we are.
2: Absolutely man it's been a been a huge success you know can't thank underdog uh, podcasts enough uh, and obviously all of our listeners for uh, for hanging with us it's been it's been a fun ride so
0: we're going to get into a little bit of nba chatter we're, we're going to give our thoughts on the playoffs thus far and then we're going to get into some other stuff really cool talk about who we think are the biggest regression candidates coming up in the next season. So we'll give three picks, go around the horn. Each guy is going to give their players. And then we'll also talk about some really exciting promotional opportunities that we have lined up along with some really cool partnerships. So let's just get it started. Let's talk about the NBA here. Right now, the closest thing we have to a sweep could be going down tonight. I just want to get your guys' early predictions. Obviously, it's going to be airing Monday morning. But do you think that the Suns are going to sweep the Denver Nuggets? I'll
2: take the heat for this one. I thought the Nuggets were going to win this series. That's not happening, and I do think the Suns are going to sweep. Michael Porter Jr. has had back issues, and I think that's really been a detriment to the Nuggets. And the way that Chris Paul is playing and leading that Suns team, they look really good, man, and, and I'm I'm confident they're going to sweep this series.
1: And in that game three, uh, Jokic went what? 32, 20 and 10. I mean, that was just like one of the best efforts you could ask for, uh, from your best player. And they still lost by what? 14 points. I mean, so if you're getting your absolute best out of your star player MVP and losing by that much, it's a wrap, man. There's nothing they can do to stop the Suns.
0: Totally agree with you. It's, uh, it's crazy because I like that you brought up Jokic's monumental performance there in the playoffs, and I remember looking at the post game at DeAndre Ayton was looking at the box score, like, damn, this dude had twenty rebounds. He went, he he did a, put up a line like that. Like, no wonder he's the MVP, but he's just not getting any help, and it's a combination of Michael Porter Jr. having his back issues. It's a combination of. Them having this revolving door at the guard spot, they just can't get any consistent play. And I think it's really a testament to the Suns' defense and how good they are. They're winning by an average margin of 18.3 points per game. So even if Denver somehow remains competitive in this game right now, at their uh, underdogs by like three points, I don't see how they're going to make it happen, man. I think the Suns look great. They're going to get some added time off, which is going to be great for Chris Paul. Heading into the Western Conference Finals, a place that he hasn't been since his days in Houston, when he actually could have, you know, who 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 knows if he didn't injure that hamstring, they could have upset the Warriors that year. Um, so excited for Chris Paul and the Suns that they're they're well on their way to potentially an NBA championship. great real quick, let's not sleep on Devin Booker, man. This this guy's com- becoming
2: a superstar right in front of our eyes in the playoffs. Like he's 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 getting to that next level of just you know, a guy that you want to give the ball to get you a bucket. Some of his like turnaround fadeaways on the baseline over a guy like Aaron Gordon were just, are just so money to watch. And then you got role players like, like Michael Bridges, Jay Crowder. This team is, this
0: team is damn good. They're stacked. They're stacked. And even their bench is straight, man. Tory Craig, he's, he's looking really good. Cameron Payne off the bench. So Love yeah, they're, Payne. They're, they're definitely stacked. So let's get some other thoughts on some other games, Sixers and Hawks. That one's going to be a good one. That one's tipping off tomorrow. Where do you guys see that series going? It looks like the uh, Sixers may have changed that momentum a bit.
2: Yeah, man, they they figured out Trey Young. They put Ben Simmons and Matisse Tybel on Trey instead of having Danny Green cover him. Now Danny Green's out two to three weeks, but the Sixers look pretty good. Their bench look pretty good in uh, game three to hopefully be able to overcome that. The Hawks might steal one more. Uh, I'll go Sixers in six. That was yeah. my original prediction.
1: Sixers and five, man. I think they called him napping in game one. The Hawks did, and it, it's, they're overmatched, man. Uh, it's a bunch of young guys that are on the come up versus veterans.
0: So one thing going off off topic for a second, I think this is probably one, something that we were going to talk about you know, over the course of the offseason, but one of the players that I think has risen the most in the playoffs in terms of fantasy value is Bogdan Bogdanovich. And I just want to get your guys' thoughts on Based off of his play, and and this is more so my broader question is, how how much stake do you put into people's playoff performances and how that translates into their ranking or play going into next season? Because this guy, I mean, I think it was a combination of injuries earlier in the season and trying to find his niche, but I think this dude's going to be a bona fide fantasy star going into next season. I think it matters
2: a lot. Um, he's He's going to play over guys like Cam Reddish and Kevin Herter. Even though a guy like Reddish played over him, uh, uh, when Bogdanovich came over uh, from the Kings, uh, but once you get a guy who's playing at the level of a Bogdan Bogdanovich in the playoffs, you see the kind of guy, you know, the kind of sniper he is uh, alongside Trey Young. I mean, it's it's hard to sit this guy. This guy's going to need to play 33, 34 minutes a game next season. So, yeah, like you said, I think I think the playoff uh, performances that he's put up absolutely matter for his uh, ranking next season.
1: And the guy's a bucket, and uh, I mean, he doesn't just score, right? So, I mean, he does a little bit of everything, uh, rebounds, assists, steals. uh, He's a good shooter. I mean, I think he's really that nice complement to Trey as far as just a pure score that you can depend on, you know, outside of Trey trying to carry the team uh, on offense. Also, you figure
2: John Collins is likely going to be out uh, as he's a free agent this season, so
0: that usage could even go up a little bit more. Feel that for sure. We just, we just got an alert from Shams or, and Mark Stein that Kyrie Irving left the game with an ankle injury. We'll see what this does to the series, but do you guys have any concern about the Nets potentially losing a couple games, letting the Bucks back in and potentially going a little bit further?
2: Hot off the press, as we're recording this thing at 4.27 p.m. Eastern time, LeBron James just tweeted the F word at Kyrie Irving. So this is probably a serious
1: sort Ooh. of injury.
2: This is a serious sort of injury. We could be we could be looking at a Nets team that only has a healthy KD. You know, as a Sixers fan, I'm not sure if I want the Bucs or the Nets because I don't know if the Nets are going to get healthy by the time they play the Sixers. But I think the Sixers match up better with the Bucks if both teams are fully healthy. But this is this is going to be an interesting development uh, down the stretch to see if Kyrie's really uh, out for the rest of the series. But if he is, it's going to be tough for the Nets to to overcome the Bucks.
1: That F word wasn't finals, was it? Because that's probably <laughs> where they're not gonna go, man. I mean, yeah, with uh, with KD and Kyrie on the floor, I mean, yeah, they were blowing, you know, they were blowing the Bucks away. Uh, barely lost to them the other night, or else they would have been up three nothing. But I mean, with just KD and a bunch of. Uh, honestly, they're not that great of role players that they have on the team. I mean, Blake Griffin's been okay, but the rest of the team. Yeah,
2: let's is... not. Yeah, don't even but don't even mention do those it, other right? guys, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and don't <laughs> for, don't forget, man. Don't forget, man. KD had to join the Golden State Warriors and be the third guy there to win a championship. So KD's not carrying this team all by himself. Let's be let's be serious. No, is KD
0: behind. is KD the soft. He has the most talent. Anyone? You mean least valuable?
1: The most? Yeah, sensitive? yeah. I guess. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm noticing a trend here. He's a bitch. He's
2: soft. He's the least. No, 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 no. KD is is one of the best scorers the NBA has ever seen. That being said, does he make guys around him better? Nah. Like, James Harden is is better at making the guys around him better than KD is. Like, way better.
1: And all that talent that they have, you know, on their top three, that's enough to beat anybody any day. But if it's just KD, it ain't happening, man.
2: So, TBD – yeah. on this series right if Kyrie's Absolutely. really out like he got he gotta lean the bucks if Kyrie's not if he's not hurt and he's coming back next game and maybe they get Harden back you know the Nets probably take this series yeah agreed
0: all right and then and then finally let's uh, touch on it real quick I know Adam is still really 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 high on the Jazz but the Clippers stole game three do you think that this is a possible comeback opportunity like they did in the first series against the Dallas Mavericks where they came back from down 0-2 to end up winning in 7? I still believe in them. It's more playoff experience and that there's better talent on the Clippers when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are actually firing on all cylinders. And we'll tease another player here, Reggie Jackson. This guy's been playing really well hold it down for them and keeping them competitive but want to get your guys thoughts on that series how it's progressing and whether you think that the Jazz will ultimately still win out.
2: The Jazz are now including the playoffs 34 and 5 on their home court. Uh if you watch the playoff games between the the Jazz and the Clippers, Utah actually has a home court advantage with the the fans there like screaming at the top of their lungs. Look at the Clippers game, there's like nobody there. It looks like it's 25% capacity. I don't know what, you know, capacity they're allowed to have there, but it barely looks like there's anybody there cheering them on. So if if you expect the Clippers to go into Utah and win a game easily, they're going to have to do that multiple times. So if this goes, if this goes seven, Utah is going to be at home. Like I got to stick with Utah.
0: Yeah. Being that I'm in California, it could be a uh, capacity thing. Cause our, our government does not let us just run off free like they do up in Utah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely a noticeable difference in the crowd size and the energy when you step into the the Salt Lake, the Vivint arena, that thing is rocking. And they're doing this without Mike Conley. Like they're, they're, yep. they're, they're playing the Clippers well without Conley.
2: He might be coming back. I don't think, you know, sometimes a guy comes back into rotation, kind of like, you know, ruins the the way that they're playing as a team. But I don't think Conley is going to come back and ruin it. If anything, he's going to make it better. So I, I, I still give me, give me Utah. And I think that Utah's Phoenix series is going to be great
0: for the Western Conference Finals.
1: Yep. Agreed. That,
0: what's your, what's your prediction? You think it's going to be them?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to go Utah. I predicted the Clippers and Lakers ooh, to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I know when we started this thing, so uh, one of those is already gone, and I, I think the Clippers end up losing here. I mean, they've been so hot and cold, dude. Even against Dallas, they really had to scrap those last couple of games. To, you know, to take that series. Uh, and Utah is just so much more polished and experienced and so deep. So I. You, you guys you
2: know. think? You guys think that uh, rec- uh, recording the Space Jam. Uh, two
0: movies sucked all the superpowers out of LeBron you think that's what happened <laughs> it must have been man yeah I, I just watched this recent episode of the Shop. he looked very chummy and cool uh cozying up with Jay-Z and uh, a few other people bad bunny uh, it's super random but like I don't know I feel like LeBron he he mentioned one thing on his on his show was like I, I haven't been 100% since my rookie season or something like that and honestly I think this guy mailed it in I think he knew the talent that was surrounding him. I think that there's behind the scenes. Dennis Schroeder was not a good fit. I think he probably realized that when he was out. Him and AD were both out, and I don't know. This dude mailed it in a long time ago. As soon as he stepped sure. on that, got on that set of of Space Jam Two, yep. you already. I think, this, I think the writing was on the wall for sure. Um, for sure.
1: Can't wait to see that next month. I, they're not sponsoring us, but I mean Space Jam Two. If you want to sponsor us, that's fine. But I know. Not gonna DM lie. The boys, I- <laughs>
0: See, at least you have kids that are old enough to actually want to go watch it. I'm not at that age yet, man. Like, I wish my son was actually at that age because, yeah. like, I'm not hyped to see this movie at all. I'm actually still mad that he even decided to make this movie. I'm like, why are you going to touch a classic? <laughs> you just don't I... touch certain things. But I'm going to kick it over to Adam because we got some some good opportunities here with a, a really cool company, Fantasy Five, that he's going to talk about in more detail.
2: Speaking of the NBA playoffs, you can have some skin in the game while you watch by signing up for Fantasy Five NBA the new free concept fantasy basketball contest that gives you the opportunity to win up to a $5,000 grand prize. So head to basketball.fantasy5. That's the number five, basketball.fantasy5.com. Sign up and enter into a a free contest to to potentially win up to a $5,000 grand prize for selecting the over on five players from five different
1: playoff games. Fantasy five is quick and simple. The most current contest is going to be open at 7:30 on Monday, 7:30 Eastern Standard Time, uh, and that features five games uh, that go all the way through the 16th. So we have Atlanta and Philly and the Clippers and Utah on Monday. I mean Brooklyn, Milwaukee on the 15th, and then those same two, Philly, Atlanta, Utah, Clippers on the 16th again. You pick five players. It's super simple. Uh, you go through. You see the points target, and you say, hey. Uh, Rudy Gobert. Uh, do I like his over total? Yeah, I'm going to click him. He's locked into my lineup. We move on to the next game. It's one player per game. You move on, you make your selection, lock it in, and you're all set to potentially win $5,000 if all five of your guys hit. Uh, so it's super simple, super easy, and it's completely free, man. Uh, why wouldn't you take your chance at $5,000 for something that's totally free?
0: It's nice. And uh, I'm, I'm riding with the, the one that I like the most is probably Reggie Jackson at his fancy points target at 34, man. I think that this is really achievable. He's seen over 30 minutes per game over his last two. He shot 19 times two games ago, and he's just been lighting it up from distance, um, hitting at least four, th- four triples in his last two games. And actually he's going back to hitting three triples in his last six games. So Dude's just unconscious. I think he's going to be heavily involved as the Clippers continue to fight back. What other plays do you like for this, for this contest this week?
2: Yeah, I'm looking at Ben Simmons uh, on Monday night in game four, of the Sixers Hawks game. He's got a point total of 51. He's gone over that twice so far in the playoffs. And uh, the scoring on fantasy five replicates what you might find on FanDuel. So steals and blocks are plus three each. Ben Simmons is the guy who can rack up those defensive stats. So, I like that point total 51 uh, on Monday night. And just a reminder, the contest is open right now and it locks Monday night. So the day that this podcast is releasing at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure you get your lineups in by Monday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time.
0: We have another really cool thing in, in honor of our 20th episode. We've tweeted about it a few times, but added you want to go through our relationship and partnership with Pristine Auction and what we have for the audience out there to potentially win something really cool.
2: Yeah, man. We partnered with Pristine Auction to give away a signed Shaquille O'Neal Lakers jersey. Super cool. Uh, You can enter today by uh, signing up on our website, thestretchforfantasybasketball.com. Entries close on Friday, June 18th, and the winner will be revealed, potentially by a very special guest, not sure yet, not finalized, but potentially, Uh, During our 21st episode releasing on June 21st, registration code stretch gets you $10 off your first order at pristine auction. So head there and use the promo code stretch to get $10 off of your first
0: order. I dig it. All right, so we're going to take a quick break here from uh, our sponsor and then we'll get back to our regression candidates for the 2021 2022 season. This week's episode of the stretch 4 fantasy podcast is brought to you by bursting health, a marketplace driving exposure to unique health and fitness products that help ensure optimal health and performance. So Adam, I know we both consider ourselves elite athletes, or at least at one point we did. I feel like the recovery time now as I'm older is a little bit harder, and I find myself having to do all this extensive research before I can actually get anything of value for my mental and physical health. Have you found any solutions that are effective for you?
2: One of the toughest challenges that I've been faced with is finding kind of a one-stop shop for all my mental and physical health needs. And Bursting Health really brings that all together. There's no need to be an elite athlete. All levels of athleticism and health can be found on the Bursting Health website. Uh, They promote mental and physical health and and healthy fueling options as well, uh, in addition to personalized fitness goals and
0: plans. That's what's up, man. And make sure that you guys use the promo code TSF10 for 10% savings on all products. And click the link in our show notes to stay up to date on everything bursting health and start taking steps toward being a better you. We've been talking about it for a couple
2: of weeks now and we're thrilled to announce that a deal is finally done. The Stretch 4 Podcast and Underdog Podcast will be partnering with Ignition Casino to bring you, the listeners, a free poker tournament that will include real prizes. Check out Ignition Casino at ignitioncasino.eu to see what the site is all about. The hosts of the Stretch 4 podcast will have bounties on our heads so listeners can win some extra money by knocking us out of the tournament. So, just like the Los Angeles Lakers, think of yourselves as the Phoenix Suns and being able to knock us out of the playoffs. Stay tuned to the show because we're going to have more info on those prizes and the bounties, along with sign-up information on
0: how to get started today. Let's get into our regression candidates, meaning the folks that we believe will not have as much fantasy success next season, and we'll break down why that is. Or I'll start it off with Zach here.
1: All right, man, I'm just going to launch into this tirade now because this guy had better than an okay season in 2021. He was the most improved player. I'm talking Julius Randle. So he led his team in points with 24, rebounds with 10. Uh, he led his team in assists with six. And he really, the biggest thing that he did to his game this year, other than the assists, was he took his three-point game to the next level, 2.3 threes. He was second on his team in that category. He led his team in nearly every category, willed this team to the playoffs, a Knicks team that had no business being there, that started Reggie Bullock and – Gave him a ton of minutes this year. Taj Gibson, uh, guys that had no business being on the court, they made it to the playoffs. Um, I don't see him doing this again for another season. I think New York is now going to look more attractive to free agents. Obviously, they bombed, you know, when they were trying to get Kevin Durant and they were talking about getting all these crazy free agents not too long ago. Uh, But I think this is the year that they actually can attract some free agents. They have so much available cap space, Uh, they're projected to have. Uh, you know, nearly 59 million in practical cap space. They currently pay their top three players just 34 million dollars, which is the least in the NBA. Um, for comparison, the Nets pay their top three 114 million. So there's a ton of available free agents this summer: Kyle Lowry, DeRozan, Kawhi, Schroeder, CP3, Connelly, Aldo, Porter. Depot, a whole bunch of these guys that could come and help them out uh, as far as assists, as far as scoring. Uh, Mitchell Robinson could be back to take some of those rebounds away, um, helping out with a decent point guard. Could definitely take away those assist numbers. And another scorer could, you know, limit his scoring abilities. Not to say he's not going to be a great player, but to expect these type of numbers again, I just can't do it.
0: I totally agree with mostly everything that you said. Like, I mean, he's coming off borderline an, an MVP-like worthy uh, fantasy season, right? So can it can it go up from here? And I, I do question whether it can, and it's mainly because of what you described and, and really what New York is looking to do going forward. They had a first round exit. When the game was on the line, he folded. And so I think they're going to try to go get him some help. Derrick Rose is going to get another year older, but they have tons of cap space. So I don't think that he's gonna require be required to put up the usage that he had last year. Now, the other thing that's interesting about Joyce Randall that I think could be considered upside is that he's going into a he's gonna be an unrestricted free agent in 2022. So this he's actually playing for his next contract, like his first big contract. So I could see there's being some added motivation for him to sustain his fantasy performance from last year. Um, but Adam, wanna get your thoughts as well.
2: Yeah, I won't add too much to the conversation, but I think you both hit the nail on the head. Is do they bring in do they bring in a free agent that's going to take some of the usage away from Randall? Obviously, this team made it to the playoffs on the backs of, on the back of Julius Randall this season, but when when called upon the playoffs, he just couldn't get it done. So they may not want him to take on that sort of burden next season. However, don't sleep on the fact that Tom Thibodeau is going to continue to give him thirty seven minutes a game, so he can get there potentially again with you know another guy, a superstar in the lineup, but you know to think that he's going to just replicate those numbers you know you're probably right uh so adam who's your first guy i think we're staying in new york right man i feel terrible talking about this guy because he he as we're talking he's been ruled out for the rest of uh uh that game uh, game 4 today uh sunday actually but it's it's kyrie irving when you when you have all three of kyrie KD, and james harden on the floor kyrie's usage dropped all the way down to 23.7%. And that's from 31.4% in the 54 games before James Harden joined the Brooklyn Nets this season. So, you know, we we, we talk about a guy like Kyrie being a top 24 guy, and we omitted a guy like Shai Gilgis-Alexander from that top 24 list uh, a couple weeks ago. And SGA, the guy who's got almost 30% usage rate, who isn't going to take games off unless he's hurt. Obviously, he got hurt last season. So give me a guy like SGA who's going to play every game over a guy like Kyrie who's got a 23.7% usage rate with the other guys, the other two superstars on the floor for the Nets. I just can't can't imagine that Kyrie has a per-game average uh, ranking of three next season like he did this season. So for that reason, I'm absolutely out on Kyrie
0: at his likely ADP next season. Any early projections of where you think Kyrie's ADP will be? Do you think he's top twenty-five?
2: Yeah, I think I think he falls to like forty. Like I think I think his his you know his statistical uh, his efficiency is still going to be there, right? He's still going to shoot a relatively high percentage. He's going to give you high free throw percentage. He's going to you know probably not turn the ball over as much because he's got other guys there who have higher usage. So the the peripheral peripheral percentages will be there. But there are other guys that will elevate over him in terms of points scored, assists, rebounds, steals that I would rather have in an ascending situation rather than a guy who's kind of in a descending situation.
0: Yeah. And if you're looking at Kyrie Irving, I think a lot of the allure around Kyrie is really how he is in real life, right? He's a crazy dribbler, the best ever. The way he finishes around the rim, super unique. And like, I I feel like that's where his fantasy value is really tied to it's because other than that, he's really just giving you 24, 25 points per game with like maybe three rebounds and like six assists, right? With really good peripherals. So at that ADP, you could get someone that's going to like a Russell Westbrook, so that's going to give you way more counting stats. And if you have that right, that I guess you had to have the other pieces around him to make it make sense. But just given like he's not a huge volume guy, he may go off for 40 every now and again, but that coupled with his injury risk and the potential of him resting and load management. And just the, the pure usage he's going to be sharing with KD and, and Harden, I I tend to agree. His his ADP is likely overstated. And you make a
2: fantastic point about Russell Westbrook. Like, if your strategy in the in the fantasy draft season is to completely tank on your uh, field goal and free throw percentage, like Russell Westbrook is gonna elevate you in every other counting category. So so why go after a guy like Kyrie? I only want Kyrie if I'm if I'm trying to win field goal and free throw percentage um, week in and week out. And here's a good analogy. I know a lot a lot of our listeners probably watch football. Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb is one of the best runners, pure runners in football. He averaged 5.62 yards per carry last season. That's incredible, and he's just like he's he's a great football player, but his upside in fantasy football is capped. So let's not confuse the two. Like Kyrie Irving, one of the best players in the game, but he might not be one of the best fantasy players in the game next season.
0: Like that comparison. I'm going to start off with a guy who, and I, 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 I kind of preemptively talked about how do you relate playoff basketball to fantasy relevance the final the next season. And one of the losers, I think, this year in the playoffs was Chris Porzingis. He averaged 13 points with five rebounds in the playoffs. Absolutely gross. And But during the regular season, he finished 23 overall on average which is crazy high for a guy that only played a limited amount of games coming off a torn meniscus. But I don't know, man, someone said in the show sheet that I'm high for thinking this, but I mean, he saw a 23% usage rate, his lowest in the last three seasons, which is still really good. Um, actually 90th percentile, according to clean the glass amongst centers. However, I can't ignore the fact that this guy is a drama queen and he forced his way out of New York and now he's already complaining about playing second fiddle to Luka Doncic. Luke, Mark Cuban's already even talked about, you know, him and Luka potentially having some drama and all the superstars go through it. I don't think all superstars go through it. I think it's a Porzingis problem. And if you look at the stats, the Mavs team is better is better offensively and defensively with Porzingis off the floor. And when I say that, I mean the lineup of Jalen Brunson, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian Finney-Smith, and Willie Cauley-Stein was more effective than with Porzingis on the floor. With Porzingis on the floor, they were the third. That lineup was the third worst of the Mavericks. So to me, I don't know that he's a great fit there. I think it made sense for the value. Um, But, I mean, someone tell me I'm wrong here, but I'm just not excited about Porzingis and his outlook going forward.
1: I was the one that called you high. I wrote that on our, our Google doc uh, because I think you're completely off base on this one, dude. Um, I, I don't care about any of the points you just made. Uh, I don't care that he, the team was worse on defense because that has no bearing on fantasy stats. I don't care that he's a drama queen because that doesn't matter either. Uh, look, dude, you're talking about a guy that he went twenty and nine this year. His blocks were a little bit down, obviously, but, you don't get ranked up that high in fantasy average for no reason. This is a guy that, yes, the playoffs will matter for him because he probably will be out of Dallas. This team figured out that, hey, Luka Doncic cannot carry a team on his back and overcome so much, you know, like the Clippers, which they almost did on his back with Porzingis struggling. Uh, But Porzingis is not your clear number two, right? So let's say he gets out of there, he gets traded to another team, and he has another opportunity to go 20-9 and with, you know, two threes over one block and really good shooting. Uh, Tell me a team that doesn't want those kind of statistics and that kind of production uh, because – you know, this isn't the playoffs. This is the regular season. And he's put up those type of numbers for the past two years. Yeah, I think
2: uh, and- I think we're, we're looking at a situation where the his playoff performance could affect his ADP next season. And that that could be a good thing. Like you, you might see you value. might you might see him drop into, you know, uh, ADP land of like
0: 50 or 60. And he's a value there, a big time value there. Yep.
1: He's like, a big. The, he's a
0: big he's a he's a big value to be like missing mad games every season. <laughs> That's what I know. <laughs> How many maybe, games did he play this maybe. year, Zach? He played forty-three games.
1: Yeah, but that per game average when he was when he was on your team and playing, dude, you were rocking and rolling.
0: You you had him stash on IR for half the season. How'd True. that work out?
1: <laughs> but yeah, so let's kick it to the next one. Uh, I think you're back up. Um, or sorry, Zach. Yeah, man, I'll go ahead and and throw out um, recently convicted criminal Malik Beasley. Um, He was ranked 90th per game uh, in fantasy average this year, uh, recently sentenced to 120 days in jail last week. Um, he should be back for the season. Uh, he had career highs across the board, 19 points, four rebounds, two assists with three and a half triples a game. Uh, had really good shooting percentages, you know, from the free throw line. Field goal percentage was okay. And only 1.6 turnovers. So he had a really good season, but he missed a lot of time as well. And a lot of his big numbers were due to D'Angelo Russell missing time, Um Carl Anthony Towns missing some time and not being his full self. Anthony Edwards not coming along till later in the season. Um, I definitely like Beasley more next year if Minnesota's, uh, you know, top three protected pick goes out the window and ends up with Golden State due to the Wiggins trade, uh, because I think if they get that top three pick in the draft, obviously they're picking a playmaker, right? Um, But I still don't really like him next year with so many, uh, just so many talented guys on Minnesota and it's kind of a log jam at at that wing position. He's not a guy I like.
2: Yeah, I think, I think Zach, you hit the nail on the head there. I think there's way too many mouths to feed in Minnesota. Uh, some pretty high usage guys there with Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, and Anthony Edwards. So a lot of that Beasley production uh, this past season and the season before came with, obviously, no Anthony Edwards the season before, and then Carl Anthony Towns missing time uh, the previous season. So, yeah, this is a guy that that's, that's usage is going to come plummeting down, and he's not going to score nearly as many points next season.
0: I'm not actually mad at it. I mean, he finished 90th in average. Like that's, he's a top 100 player. I, I think he'll probably maintain top 100 status, but I don't see him making a jump, you know, into like top 75 or anything like that, just given what you guys just described in that log jam at the wing position. All right, Koffler, who's your second dude?
2: This one's going to surprise you guys a little bit because I was hyping this guy up a ton this season. Malcolm Brogdon. I I love Malcolm Brogdon. I actually called him a top 25 guy at one point this season, but that was before Karis LeVert was traded to the Pacers. So his usage rate without Karis LeVert was 27%. In 13 games with Karis LeVert, it dropped down to 25.3%. And it's not a a huge drop. However, the assist numbers were also down from 7.1 in 2019, which was a career high, to just 5.9 in 2020. Also not that significant of a drop. However, when you take the starting shooting guard and Demona Sabonis from 2019 to 2020, Oladipo and Sabonis averaged 7.9 assists per game in 2019, which helped Brogdon get to that 7.1 assists per game. In 2020, you had Harris Levert and Demona Sabonis averaging almost 12 assists per game. And that's why we saw a downtick in Malcolm Brogdon's assist numbers. And so when you draft a guy like Brogdon, you want him because of those assist numbers. Also, he saw career-high 35 minutes per game this season, and that was under head coach Nate Bjorken, and he was just fired. So who's to say the next guy comes in and gives Brogdon that same 35 minutes per game when the season before he was averaging just 30? So he averaged career-high points. Um, That could still stay there, but those assist numbers. There's no way that gets up to anywhere near seven if Karis LeVert uh, is on the floor there in Indiana. So – uh, for all those reasons, I'm going to be fading Malcolm Brogdon at, at his likely inflated ADP next season.
1: Do you think that ADP really gets inflated though? I mean, he didn't. I don't know. I don't think a lot of people talked about him or were super high on him. I don't think a lot of people pay attention to how efficient of a shooter this guy is. I mean, yeah. he's not. He's so I think not going to hurt you in that way.
2: Yeah, I think I think he's a probably a true like 45, 46 percent field goal shooter. Uh, not great, not terrible, obviously but people tend to look at points scored per game and he had a career high 21.3 points per game this season. And I feel like that skews a lot of people's minds. Um, And, and like I said, on multiple podcasts, like I I like the stats that are outside of scoring. I could pick up scoring from a lot of different guys. Uh, I don't like when assist numbers drop off, which is why I was hating on Devin Booker so much this season from a fantasy perspective. So uh, I don't know where his ADP is going to come in at, but I, I do think that it's going to be a little bit too rich for me. And that's why I'm going to call him a, a fade uh next season.
0: There's just tons of guard play there, man. Like TJ McConnell probably led the league in steals. And I mean, he earned minutes, right? Like you can't take that away from him. So the fact that you got Karis Levert there, you got TJ, well, TJ Warren's going to be a, a free agent, but I don't know. There's just going to be more to figure out. And I think you, you hit, you were very, it was a very good point by bringing up Nate Bjorkman and whatever his style and rotation was is no longer going to be there. So anytime you get a new system, there's going to be some, some, uh, some change. And it was clear that the team didn't like what he was doing. So perhaps we get a, a different new look pacers next year. In also look be. at,
2: like, look at Jamal Murray. We all had high expectations for him and then Jokic kind of took off in his MVP season and Jamal uh, Murray didn't hit his peak. Like he didn't get there because the usage that Nikola Jokic had, like, look at the, that's going to be what Demonis Sabonis is for the Pacers. Right. The ball's going to run through
0: him every single possession. As it should though.
2: Right. Right. As it should. Demonis yeah. Sabonis is a beast. Like
0: okay. for sure. So I'm going to get into my next fade for next season in terms of ADP. It's Mike Conley, the first time all-star kind of crazy. The guy's been in the league forever and he finally got the nod, but, I was looking at my, my most competitive league and, you know, I drafted this guy in the 10th round last year, which is great value. I mean, he was ranked 86 overall in preseason rankings by Yahoo, but he finished 42 in per game average with 16 points, six dimes and three and a half rebounds. I mean, I, I just I don't know that I can get around this. I mean, it was pretty much a you could call it a career year of sorts, um, but he maintained a 23 percent usage rate for a second year in a row with Utah in career highs in three-point made and three-point percentage. But I can't help but notice, you know, especially in the playoffs, how much this team runs through Donovan Mitchell really well and the ascension of Jordan Clarkson, the sixth man of the year. I think we're only going to see these two guys continue to get the ball more. We're going to see Jordan Clarkson maybe take on more of like a Lou Williams type role where he's going to be seeing 30-plus minutes off the bench because Conley is going to be 34 going into next season. He's averaging under 30 minutes per game. And I'm just a little bit cautious on anyone that's not seen at least 30 minutes. So I think this is a great season. Whoever drafted him, you know, got extremely good value, but to expect this guy to be a top 50 player next season, I think that's a bit rich.
2: Yeah. This was, this was the outlier season for Mike Conley, not the, not the norm going forward. So he had a spectacular season with efficiency, you know, raises points per game average there in Utah, but you know, expect, expect some regression from Conley next season.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, and the biggest thing for him is like staying healthy, right? And he still managed. It seemed like he was healthy for most of the season, but he still wound up missing twenty games due to injury. So, just hard a guy to trust. So, let's go back to you, Zach. Who's your final regression candidate for next season?
1: Yeah, say it ain't so, man. It's LeBron James for me. Um, he was again twenty fourth in per game average for fantasy this year, um, but he had a lot of uh, you know a lot of dips this year. Fewest minif- minutes of his entire career. Uh, fewest games that he's ever played in the season, just 45, um, fewest points per game, which was just 25 since his rookie season in 03 and 04, which again, kind of tells you the expectations on this guy and the fewest steals of his career. Uh, Fewest assists since 2015-16, and fewest rebounds since 2015-16. So a lot of lows for him. Uh, His free throw percentage kind of drags you down. This is his third year in a row, uh, sub 70%. He can still be a totally elite player, but we've seen the last two years of injuries taking their toll on him, age coming into play and this you know back in 20 what was it 2007 when he took the Cavs against the Spurs he took a team of nobodies and 2007 LeBron could have probably taken this squad to the finals but 2021 LeBron it's just not happening and I think definitely that's something he's noticed and the team's noticed and they're going to blow this team up for another year a lot of one-year contracts and a lot of guys that they're going to get rid of Um, so they're going to take the load off him and
2: I agree. And and the reason uh the reason you don't want to draft LeBron next season is is for exactly what happened this season where they sort of rested him down the stretch. I mean, he he was hurt, but at the same time like they were resting him for the playoffs. Expect that to happen again next season. Like he's not going to get a full workload down the stretch regardless of how long of an offseason he has. Um so if you're drafting him, just just realize that this team is trying to uh, win in the playoffs, and they don't like. LeBron doesn't care about your regular season fantasy team, so just just keep that in mind.
0: Definitely a regression candidate uh, next season. Yeah, it just reminds me the uh, the league came out this year, there this week, and said that we're go- they're going to be returning to the normal schedule. So eighty two games going to be running from October to June. So you know. Even though we're going to get this offseason, LeBron, man, I I think that the fade is real. Um, He's entering year 19, as you stated, Zach, so it's going to be really hard to trust him to be the LeBron of old. I'll still go. Uh,
2: I feel like this one's kind of of cheating, but I'm going to go with Kyle Lowry, who finished uh, 56 on a per-game fantasy uh, ranking this season. Uh, He's likely going to be on a new team next season, so that's part of the reason here. I thought this season he would fall off the proverbial cliff, but that didn't really happen. He still averaged 17 points, 5.4 rebounds and 7.3 assists while playing a ridiculous 35 minutes per game at 35 years old. Like how is this guy, if he goes to another team going to keep up that level of production? It's, it's a complete unknown. Um, but he's likely to be more of a role player than a guy that the team that his next team leans on to produce at that high of a level. Um, uh, you you could see him in a place like Philadelphia or potentially another contender. I don't know, maybe Boston or something like that. If uh, Kemba leaves, but there's no way I, I can expect uh, Kyle Lowry to keep up the production that he's had uh, in Toronto over the last, uh, you know, however many seasons he's been there. So that's a, uh, that's a regression candidate for me next season, Kyle Lowry.
1: I disagree on this one, man. Um, I, I don't see, you know, you're talking about he could end up on a team with high usage guys, And that might drag his scoring down a little bit, but as we've talked about many times, scoring isn't everything. Uh, If he comes in as a primary facilitator on a team, he can still easily hit that 7.3 assist mark that he did this year. He's always been a good rebounder, uh, you know, at his position. And he can still give you a steal and potentially two and a half to three triples a game with good shooting percentages and low turnovers so those are all things that I think are still possible for him to do so, even if he takes a little bit of a backseat and usage
2: so I'll counter that like put him on the Sixers you think yeah. with Ben you think with Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid that Kyle Lowry's averaging seven assists per game
1: no and fit right. fit matters right but right, if he ends right. up on a team other than Philly who's superstar loaded, what if he goes to New York he could still be a huge value on New York I
0: mean, I'd even argue he'd probably look pretty good with the Lakers, like if sure. he was in a role like a Dennis Schroder. I think his efficiency numbers kind of like how we always describe with Kyrie Irving. Like I think he could be a good peripherals guy um, with the right with the right pieces around him. But yeah, I kind of I kind of stay. I'm kind of in the middle on this one. Like I, I see both points. Um, Certainly if he's not on the Raptors next season, there's going to be change in his production, but I don't necessarily mean, I don't necessarily think that that's a death blow to his ADP. It's,
2: it's actually uh, really, it's, it's kind of interesting, right? Like if he's on the Raptors next season, for whatever reason, like now you kind of know that he's going to regress a little bit more than he did this past season. But if he's on a different, in a, on a different team in a different environment, maybe, maybe that does sort of rejuvenate his fantasy value a little bit. So it's sure. kind of
0: unknown to, yeah. in, until we know what team he's on. Yeah, you can't ignore the fact he's 35 though. Like that that's right. the factor into it. Right. Like there's got to be some kind of decline here. Right. Um so taking it to my last guy, not too popular, but he had a resurgence this year. It's Nerlens Noel. He actually finished 75th overall on average, but let's be honest, he feasted because Zach's nickname, Blockinson, was out for most of the season. Uh, that's Mitchell Robinson. And unfortunately for Nerlens Noel, he is an unrestricted free agent and Mitchell Robinson still on the books for 1.8 million. So I think that's a no brainer lock him up for one more year for the Knicks. And I think we'll see, I mean, he was definitely serviceable for the Knicks. He might've earned himself another, uh, contract, maybe a brief contract after averaging uh, 1.1 steals and 2.2 blocks. I mean, you can't get that kind of production out of a bench guy very often. So I think he was really critical for a lot of fantasy managers as they approach the, the late rounds in the fantasy season. Um, but yeah, it's just hard to trust a guy that's a, ultimately going to be a backup player and rotational position, uh, limiting his upside going forward. But certainly worth a flyer depending on where he lands in free agency just because of his defensive metrics
1: yeah and I definitely think this is another one where fit matters right so if he stays with the Knicks absolutely there's going to be regression if Blockinson's healthy uh, because Noel will be coming off the bench but let's say he finds another team where he gets starting minutes you know such as the Pistons picking up Mason Plumlee and him suddenly becoming relevant um, you know, Noel, like you mentioned, he's not a great scorer, but the rebounds and the absolutely off-the-chart defensive numbers that you're getting, that may, more than makes up for his lack of production elsewhere. and uh, definitely gives him easily top-100 value if he can find some starting minutes.
2: Talk about talk about a, a player where landing spot matters. Like, if this guy's coming off the bench playing 15 to 18 minutes a game, I want no part of that, regardless of the steals and blocks he might put up. Like, yeah. this, guy, this you need this guy to get 25 minutes a game – or more to, to produce. And I'm not I'm not sure he's getting there because he's getting old, he's getting up in age too. Um I, I just don't see I don't see him landing in a spot that's gonna give him starter minutes. So I, I agree he'd be a regression
0: candidate for me too. And there you have it. Those are nine players that we the stretch four are going to be fading their ADP in 21-22 season. And with that we're gonna close out the show make sure to check out one of our sponsors, Bursting Health, as well as our partnership with Pristine Auction, Fantasy 5, and Ignition. We have a great promotion. We're going to announce the winner of our Pristine Auction, Shaquille O'Neal autograph signed Lakers jersey next week. We're going to be having a special guest on the show. We'll release more information about that later, but make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Dan Titus. Make sure you hit up at Adam Koffler as well as Zach the Monster. And with that, we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great week. Keep watching Hoops. We'll at you next week. Peace.